Hi, I'm Kian. And I'm Ramina. And you're listening to Science Section on 93.3 CFMU. We are here today with two guests, Dr. Faridun Hamdalopper, who's the President and Vice Chancellor of the University of Waterloo, as well as an engineer and a professor of mechanical engineering, and Mr. David Tubbs, who's the Associate Director and Executive Communications at the University of Waterloo. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Hamdalopper and Mr. Tubbs. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. Same here. Same here, sir. Yeah. So just to start, we do have two rapid fire questions. Firstly, who's one of your role models in the scientific community? Uh, it's such a difficult question because there are so many. But my professional uh, career, Hermann Schlichting, a German scientist who made me love fluid mechanics, fluid dynamics and turbulence. So he is my... That's the, he is the reason why I chose what I chose to, uh, to deepen my uh, studies. Uh, there are others. Madame Curie, she is a fantastic role model. Two Nobel Prizes. And the, the story, her story, every student should read, whether they're a science student or not. It is an incredible story. But we have our own fabulous people. Arthur MacDonald, who is a Nobel Prize winner in physics, uh, who established the Sudbury Neutrino Observatory, one of the scientific jewels in Canada. A fabulous, fabulous role model. And of course, from Waterloo, Raymond Laflamme, who made me understand quantum science, quantum physics, even though he is not the you know, first person pioneer, but my gosh, he is the person who put Canada on the map when it came to quantum science, quantum physics. So those are my, in a very quick way, my idols, my role models in science. That sounds awesome. And what do you think has been one of the most important discoveries of all time? Scientific discoveries. You know what? Uh, I'm going to mix science and engineering a little together. To me, the, you will think all kinds of things, but to me, the most important discovery in our history is a transformer, a voltage transformer. Thanks. Everything else you can think of, electrifying the whole world and being able to do things that we can do because we have electricity is thanks to a transformer without which we will never be able to transmit electric electricity the current from one location to another one but that one it has enabled us to electrify the whole world to me it is to me most important scientific discovery for sure, it definitely has made a lot of significant contributions. That's definitely true. And now moving on to your profession, Dr. Hamdalopper, could you give us a summary of your educational path and how it led you to where you are today? I am a curious person. I, I really am. Uh, I remember uh, finally my teacher at elementary school saying that, I don't know, stop asking me questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I had this enormous thirst, and uh, I wanted to learn more. Um, I was learning, I was curious about things, but at the same time, I had the ability to write. To David's surprise, I won a literacy award, story writing award, when I was in elementary school. So I still wonder whether I could have gone the other way. 
But uh, my curiosity kind of brought me to a juncture uh, before going to university, engineering, medicine, engineering, medicine. I decided engineering for a variety of reasons, but it was uh, for one week, actually, I attended both schools and then decided I will do engineering. And uh, I just loved it. I loved it. But I always thought of myself, uh, I'm going to study for four years. I'm going to become the best engineer I could be. And then I will go out and practice my engineering. I had no desire for any advanced studies until I met from books, of course, not personally, Hermann Schlitting <laughs> and the subject of fluid mechanics. And uh, I, my first uh, experience in a laboratory that I'm actually measuring things using pitot tubes and different things. So it changed my view from I will not go to advanced studies to I think I may be interested in doing my master's degree. But I graduated, I went out, worked for a little bit, and I said, no, the bug is in me, I'm going to go back. And I, I did my master's. And I said, well, this is where I draw the line. Um, I did my master's, now I can go back and work. But that inquisitivity, the, 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 I could not satisfy my curiosity, my professional work, because I was not real. I was doing neat things, but I was not creating new knowledge. And at that point, I wanted to follow my passion, my long hidden, you know, locked away passion, combining engineering and medicine together. So I just I started my do my PhD work on hemodynamics that I was studying the flow of blood in arteries. So fluid mechanics, arteries, and I was studying. Uh, um, disease called atherosclerosis or hardening of arteries. Why happen? So I uh, I did that. I didn't defend it, but uh, I then I moved to Canada. I entered into something completely different. So here is the person who said I was never going to do uh, any advanced studies uh, uh, after undergraduate. Ended up doing two PhD topics, and uh, and since then I am I love my research. It is an integral part of my life. Uh, I don't teach. Now, I have not been in a classroom for a long time because of my administrative uh, career, but I have never give up, given up my research. I've always had doctoral students. I'm publishing. So that part keeps me alive. <laughs> it, it makes my brain, you know, work in a different direction in the 25th or 26th or 27th hour I find in my day. Uh, but it is, it is, this is in a quick night nutshell. This has been my pathway in my academic research career. And then you may want to ask, so why are you doing what you're doing now, like administrator? That's another story, of course, uh, we can talk about some other time. <laughs> that was such an interesting journey to becoming who you are today. And uh, for sure, being at your position right now uh, did not happen easily. A lot of us as students usually get fascinated by success, the end product, without knowing all the challenges that were faced along the way. Uh, so can you tell us about some of the challenges that you faced as a student? Challenge is always the presence of unknown. Presence of, you know, what if. Uh, the presence of 
certain things that is that is within your reach and it's a low-hanging fruit it's easy to get and you're tempted to do this which i did a couple of times but immediately i said this is too too routine too easy i can i can picture my entire life rolling out in front of my eyes if i took this pathway what are the unknowns so all the unknowns like you know hey um, I'm, I started the study, I have no idea where it's going to go or if it's going to go anywhere. I have no idea while my friends who were working in the industry making good salaries that whether I'll have enough money for, to buy myself a new pair of shoes. And I had no idea when I decided that my research ambition and career is kind of pulling me to go to another country that I had no idea, speak a different language that, you know, it's different from your mother tongue. And all of these things, they were not, they were challenges. They were never roadblocks. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, they enabled me to think, to creatively, to think beyond uh, what may be possible uh, and to make me very, um, in a way, resilient person by, you know, hey, uh, I have to cook for myself that I I have no idea how to do it other than cracking eggs uh, my entire life, but now I have to figure it out too. I could live with working on a problem for two weeks nonstop, and then all of a sudden in the middle of your sleep, you jump up and say, ah, I got it. So makes you resilient. It doesn't stop you, and you won't give up. So the the personal aspect of your life actually very much is very much reflected in how you see um, for your research, or how you see that you want your students to be successful. You don't give up on them. You always remember that it is the reason why you are here is for them because of them. Therefore, you have to do everything possible whatsoever that they learn at the highest level. So those are all intermingled, but this is, again, uh, it. I am glad that I had those challenges, issues in my life. I wouldn't be here talking to you at this moment had I not had those difficulties uh, if everything was just put in front of me in a golden platter. For sure. Thank you for sending that message out there, too, because I feel like as students, we often look at challenges with a negative light, but they really can help you grow as a person. And I think it's just about the mindset of going into that challenge with a positive mindset and kind of getting something out of it. So thank you for sending that message out, because I'm sure a lot of students with the whole online courses coming along are facing a lot of challenges and talking about remote learning. What do you think are some of the benefits and drawbacks of remote learning for students this year? Um, I think remote learning as a very important component of the total learning picture is incredibly powerful. Uh, That you bring a technology as one of the components Okay, uh, of your learning. My courses, as you would know, in a 100% of remote fashion, uh, some 
Perhaps, yeah, it's very efficient, effective, but for a lot of other things that I'm sure I am really enjoying our interaction right now. I would probably be enjoying it 200% more if we were doing this, you know, uh, across from my, uh, my desk. Why? Uh, it's, enables me to, to, to read your reaction better, same for you. And there are a lot of interactivity, okay, that takes place. Um, when you walk into a class, as you are listening to the lecture, maybe a fellow student next to you will say, oh, where did that come from? All of a sudden, your understanding of the subject matter has changed. I'm making these up, but there are so many pieces that if you are able to combine remote learning, which also you don't have to write notes like crazy because you can review the lecture later and those great, but if you can combine it with the in-person presence that at the last moment, a question just as the professor leaving the classroom and say, hey, what about this? And the professor turns and then you have another 10 minutes of in-depth conversation. So those kind of things, of course, there is teaching and learning does not just happen in a physical classroom environment. It happens in many other places, the corridors, you're having your dinner with, you know, all kinds of things. So uh, I think a presence in this intellectually stimulating environment that we call our university campuses and using the technology to its absolute highest level is the best environment we can provide to our students. That sounds great. And I'm sure that the students can definitely use that advice to uh, manage their courses during this uh, pandemic, especially those students who are just coming to university and experiencing university okay, life. Let, me, let me give you one example. When I went to university, five of us, we always start study together. For every class, we will take turns. Only one of us will take notes. The other four will just sit and listen. We irritated our professors because they th thought that we weren't paying attention. Actually, we were paying more attention by not taking notes because somebody else was taking notes and we'll copy it from him afterwards. So this was our low tech solution to the today's, you know, recording. <laughs> right. So my next question is going to be related to your role as the president and vice chancellor of the University of Waterloo. Um, it might be a tough question, but what has been your proudest moment at Waterloo so far? Um, this is not uh, cliche uh, question. At every convocation, I am immensely proud of the accomplishment of our students. I really mean it. I, some of my colleagues uh, say, how can you do all these uh, uh, convocations, so many ceremonies? I said, it is the climax of my, like it is what we are harvesting, what we have uh, planted. And uh, it took us four years, five years, nine years for some PhDs, and, but that's, the, that's my proudest moment of our students. If you say, just give one specific, this is, this is wonderful. 
I will say the morning um, uh, that I got a phone call that Donna Strickland, our professor of physics, she had won the uh, Nobel Prize. I think that was an incredibly proud moment for me. Yes. I had a chance to meet with Dr. Uh, Strickland at McMaster University because she uh, did her undergrad at McMaster. That's right. Yes. And that was also an amazing moment for me just to meet with her and talk to her. You know how much she, she also loves talking to students and inspiring them. Exactly. And I'm sure that was definitely a moment a lot of Canadians were proud of as well, just hearing that news. It really was such amazing news to hear for all Canadians. Oh, more than that, actually, all Canadians and a lot of scientists like so first, like in 60, some year, how many years, uh, David, a first woman winning a uh, Nobel Prize in physics? Like, it's just remarkable. It's, uh, that's why Madame Curie is, is very special to me. <laughs> Definitely. And just because we are a bit short on time, we do have one final question for you. What advice would you give to undergraduate students? for this upcoming academic year? I would say do not tax your level of enthusiasm regardless of however, uh, you know, whichever mode you're gonna be taking. You are starting your studies at an incredibly exciting, great time. Think of yourself as a person who will provide enormous value and leadership to this. That's when you're entering your university education. Enjoy it to its maximum. Do not worry about it. It's not going to be like, oh, Rose Garden, okay? There will be like for everybody else, but learn from it, get stronger because the world needs you and enjoy every moment of it. That will be my advice. Definitely. And that does bring us to the end of the interview. Dr. Unfortunately. <laughs> yes. But again, Dr. Hamdalupper and Mr. Tubbs, thank you once again for joining us today and for highlighting the importance of science and motivating students for the upcoming academic year. And for everyone listening, make sure to check out SciSection's podcasts available on global platforms for our latest interviews.